Look at that. Uh, a foreigner uh, led you in communion and the sky didn't fall. <laughs> um, I, uh, I respect and appreciate uh, denominational distinctions, uh, not just as much as the next guy, more so than the next guy. Um, but there's this thing called church that matters more than denominational distinction. And if we don't soon wake up and smell the coffee, people are going to realize that uh, we are living in yesterday, and that just doesn't work anymore. Amen? We have the Savior to worship and to honor and to serve, and by His grace and good pleasure and calling, He has brought us together to do that. And, uh, well, if you'll take that prayer list that Chris mentioned earlier, and take one more look at it, along about halfway down, you'll see a prayer request for Pastor Conrad and his welcome. Well, I can say firsthand that uh, here's an answer to prayer. Uh, Pastor Conrad has felt very welcome, and I consider myself blessed beyond my station to uh, be in your midst and uh, minister among you. Um, now, I could certainly pray that that continues as long as I'm here. <laughs> and that, I guess that's up to you as to whether or not the rest of my time in your midst is as glorious as the last week has been in, my, in your midst. But we'll trust the Lord in all things, but just know that uh, in a very real way, uh, th that prayer has been answered. I feel very much welcome and uh, look very much forward to continuing in ministry with you. We started last week by looking at a passage that certainly is appropriate for us to look at. That's that commission of Christ to his disciples to go into all the world and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we have all the authority from him to be the people who do that. And it certainly is my prayer that we are the people that do that. And if you're, if you're sitting there wondering, oh, but I don't know how to do that, I'm scared to do that, I'll mess up if I do that, that's why we're here, to help with that. Um, it would be a shame as your pastor if I spent even the slightest part of a day wondering how to spend it when there's only one person within our flock together who has that lingering question, oh no, how do I do that, when all they had to do was call me and say, I need some help. And then we can work together on learning better how it is that we can be about our Father's business through Christ to let the whole world know that Jesus loves them. As he ended that passage last week, it leads right into where we're going to spend the next number of weeks, and that's looking at the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always. Well, how? He, he ascended to the Father, and he's standing at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. How can he be with us always if he's up there? Well, of course, that means we have to have a discussion about the Holy Spirit. And so, I thought it would be appropriate for us to look at various passages from the Gospel of John chapters 14 to 16. We're not going to read the whole thing. If we program the slides correctly, the, the, the verses that, that I've picked out, and I rarely do this. Um, 
I rarely do a message on select verses. Uh, 999 times out of 100, you will see me do a sermon text and not select verses from within a broader text. Given what we need to accomplish today, if I were to read the whole text, that's all that would be accomplished. And so I broke my own rules this morning, and we've programmed the slides, I think, to reflect just a few texts from John chapter 14 to John chapter 16. So if you were sitting there sweating beads, wondering if I was going to read the whole bit, no, I'm not. Um, maybe I could also take care of this housekeeping item uh, before we get started, too. You'll notice that um, it's not a typo, that the, the bulletin suggests that we stand for the Scripture. Um, I hope it's okay. And if this is something that is not okay with you, I'd be glad to have conversation with you. I like to stand for the reading of the scripture text. So I guess you're all right with that. <laughs> um, and and here, as you're standing, here's, here's why that is. I want to distinguish between the text and the, to- and the talker. <laughs> I, want, I, don't, I don't want any question as to where one stops and the other starts. And so asking you to stand, of course, shows respect for the text. It also lets you know the difference between God's word and, and, and mine. So, thank you for standing with me as we read these texts this morning. I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever, that is, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him. Powerful stuff. But you know him because he abides with you, and he'll be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me, and you will testify also, because you have been with me from the beginning. But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me, and concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. May God add his blessing on the reading of his word this morning. Thank you for standing with me. Please be seated. Wow. Powerful stuff, right from the mouth of our Savior Jesus in anticipation of his impending death. Drawing nigh, he knew he had to bring her home. 
he had to hit one out of the park. And I think he did. And so the question is asked as I read those verses, how is the Holy Spirit our helper? How is it? I mean, we can say that the Holy Spirit's our helper all we want. It's kind of neat. It's kind of a cutesy thing to say. Kind of the sort of thing you expect a pastor type to stand in front of a congregation and say because it comes right from the pages of Holy Writ. But how? How is it that this Holy Spirit is our helper? Well, I see three things from these select verses that help us to answer that question. First of all, he's present with us. He's present with us. That itself should be all we need to know in order to be church together. That's the kind of comforting thought that I don't know that we dwell on enough. And I certainly don't need to belabor the point this morning except to say that we get to be and do church We get to be and do followers of Christ, just as he said himself, because he's doing the ministry work before the Father, making intercession for us, which we're going to get to in a minute. The Holy Spirit is present with us, empowering us presently to be about our Father's business. Do you ever feel alone? Do you ever feel like a void is there? The Holy Spirit wishes desperately to be present amidst that void, to fill that void, and to give you the comfort of the peace of His presence that only He can give. That's the first way that the Holy Spirit is our helper. He's present. doesn't leave us alone. Secondly, He testifies to us. Another way to say this, I don't know if you caught that as I read the text, he teaches us. But I like the phrase testifies to us or teaches us because testifies to us tells us how he teaches us. Um, He testifies to us about Christ. (laughs) He teaches us all about Christ that we need to know in order to be about our Father's business. He's present, he testifies to us, he teaches us, and thirdly, he is our helper because he convicts us. This is a harder pill to swallow because we don't like to be convicted, although when we talk about conviction, we have a whole lot more baggage assigned to it than what the biblical text wants us to think when it talks about conviction. What am I talking about? Well, I think this passage uncovers what it means when it talks about convicting us. Did you notice the three ways that it convicts us? First of all, concerning sin. Convicts us concerning sin. Um, That's commonly how we talk about conviction. Oh no, I've sinned. I need the Holy Spirit who's present with me and testifies to me, teaches me about Christ, so that I know that when I sin, I've sinned, and I can do with that as I feel led, but it's the presence of the Holy Spirit who is empowering me to take care of that conviction in whatever way, hopefully a God-honoring way that I choose. But then there's more. 
It's not the only kind of conviction that the Holy Spirit being our helper does. There's two others. It's not just convicting us concerning sin. It's convicting us concerning righteousness. It's not just about sin. And the more that we only talk about the help the Holy Spirit provides by convicting us only of our sin, the less we get the full understanding of what the Scriptures want to teach us about conviction. It's not just, oh no, I sinned. Lord, help me. It's, oh Lord, I stand in righteousness. And I'll talk in a second why it is that that's important. Empower me. So it's, it's not just a conviction of sin. It's not just a conviction concerning righteousness. It's also a conviction concerning judgment. So I think if we look at the conviction of the Holy Spirit in a full-orbed kind of way, we get a much healthier understanding of what it is. It's not just beating us up when we mess up. It's convicting us when we do. It's convicting us when righteousness reigns. And it's convicting us, and if this is the piece we miss, then we fall eternally short of what the Holy Spirit work wants to do in our midst. Sin has been judged. That is what the teaching of Christ was just before He entered the cross. And I can't believe how God does this. I cannot, for the life of me, believe how God does this. With every day that I am in your midst, this, whatever this is that's going on here, becomes more and more miraculous. Two things have happened already just this morning that contribute to that testifying of the Holy Spirit in our midst. Uh, One is, I walked in the room this morning praying, Dear Lord, Don't let this be one of those churches where everybody sits in the back. (laughs) Look, Look around the room. This isn't one of those churches where everybody sits in the back. You know why I wanted this to not be a church where everybody sits in the back? Well, one, I don't have bad breath, so you don't have to sit in the back. Two, the back is where the visitors want to sit. Every, every church statistician and survey taker knows this. And I don't even have to take time to teach it to you because you obviously already got it. If you, as people who come here regularly, sit in the back, where do the visitors sit? Yeah, well, that's what you want to think. But they don't. That's where they sit. They, they might sit up front because they're here today. They ain't coming back next week so if we're if we're crammed in the back you've communicated loudly and clearly to to me that you don't want to be making space for the person who's not here yet and i walked in the sanctuary this morning and i looked at a group of people a bunch of good-looking people who are spread out all over the room and there's lots of room for other people to join you and you have sent a message to your new pastor loudly and clearly that you people mean business and that you want others to join you for worship, and I thank you for that. It's a a joy. A lot of wind in my sails. The best birthday present a pastor could get is that you're making space for the visitors. 
Second thing that happened this morning, which applies to the message, <laughs> um, I walked into a Sunday school class. I'm visiting the different Sunday school classes. Last week I was at the one in the conference room. This morning I got the one back here that meets in the fellowship hall. And uh, before the session started, Mark had a chance to come up to me and kind of give me a quick brief bullet about what he was going to be teaching, almost apologetic because obviously we're getting to know one another. And uh, I'm going to throw a 50 cent word out at you here. It's Mark's word, so don't give me a hard time. Give him a hard time. He just said, Pastor, I want to let you know that I'll be presenting a, a partial, pres partial preterist perspective on eschatology this morning. Uh -oh. Partial preterist perspective on eschatology this morning. I mean, that's right. <laughs> and uh, for those of you who don't know what a partial preterist perspective on eschatology is, you got to come to Sunday school. <laughs> because cause he hit the ball out of the park. And uh, as a pastor, you got to know how much it warms my heart that you're allowed to even say in your church, partial preterist perspective of eschatology. <laughs> Let alone spend an entire hour talking about its pluses and minuses, which you did a fantastic job, Mark. I appreciate that. Eschatology is one of those challenging areas that I am so honored to hear you tackling the way you did. And the passage I just read, and like I said, it's only God who can do this. I didn't know. You may, maybe you're one step ahead of me because of what you've taught. The, the conviction concerning judgment right there in chapter 16, verses 5 to 11. I'll, I'll jump down to, to 10. And concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father. And that's why we're righteous, by the way, because Jesus is with the Father. And you no longer see me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. right there in front of us and we miss it every time we read the Bible because partly our eschatology with the big megaphone is such dispensationalist, premillennialist and if you don't know those 50 cent words, come to Sunday school. <laughs> and it gives us a certain perspective of the scripture that causes us to miss the simple things that Jesus said. When he said, I go to the Father to send the Spirit to be your helper because he convicts us of concerning sin, concerning righteousness, and concerning judgment, because the roller of this world has been judged, here's what he meant. The roller of this world has been judged. And I don't know any other way to put wind in your sails as people who get to live victoriously in Christ than to assure you that 2,000 years ago, the creator of the universe risked everything to be able to say, I won! Go show them this. Go tell them about this victory that's yours in Christ. Those of you who think the powerful adversary is still in charge, eh, And, and, it's a, and it's a, 
that's a conviction. <laughs> that's what the Bible talks about when he says conviction. It's not just we messed up, get back in line. It is that. It's one-third of that. But it's also righteousness is ours because Christ is standing before the Father. And it's also don't act like a bunch of pansies. You've already won. That's what Jesus is all about. That's the kind of conviction. Unction is an old word that we used to use to talk about this. Some of you who are, who are more, yeah, you understand that you remember the word unction. That's the kind of thing that the church needs a whole lot more of today. We're not fighting an uphill battle. We're, we're doing after battle cleanup. Let's start functioning in that way from the perspective of victory. It's the Holy Spirit who comes as our helper that empowers us. He's present with us. He teaches us. He testifies to us. And He convicts us concerning sin when we mess up, concerning righteousness because of the work of Christ before the Father, and concerning judgment because we've already won. Amen? Amen. Would you please stand with me as we pray? Thank you, God, for this powerful passage, this beautiful teaching of Christ. We get to see a a new glimpse of the Holy Spirit as helper in our midst, empowering us with every step that we take to be those ambassadors of Christ that you have recreated us in him to be. Fill our sails afresh and anew as we seek to walk in that way. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.